Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump, and now... He's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. Hi, this is Dick Morris. Good Welcome morning. to morning, Sunday. And I'm here with Doug DePiero, who is my motorcycle man. <laughs> that doesn't uh, sound right. He uh, drives all over the place on motorcycles and... Um, he was speeding to get here. Yeah, I got to work on a, one of my old bikes right yeah. now. Yeah. So let's let's start with the theme of this show. Let's make America great again. Let's make America great again. So the the news, obviously, is the Tucker Carlson firing. And I think it's really important that we understand that two events took place over the last two or three weeks that, while they seem to be unrelated, in fact, are very, very similar and parallel in that they both illustrate the viciousness, the raw hatred, the uh, determination of the deep state to have its way, the absolute refusal of the deep state to accept anybody other than themselves in charge and ruling. One is the firing of Tucker Carlson, and the other is the arrest and arraignment of Donald Trump. And they both completely shocked the hell out of the country. Uh, neither was really anticipated. And they, they just absolutely demonstrated to people what the lengths to which they were willing to go to have their way, what the deep state was prepared to do. I mean, it was like the raw power was was clear there, and the ugliness of it, and the hatred that's behind it, and the determination to have their way no matter what, to do anything that they have to do to get people out of their way so that they can run the country. There is a lot of hatred, isn't there? by the deep state against the people of this country. And we were just appalled to see that out there in the open, both with Tucker Carlson and with Donald Trump. So let's talk about Tucker for a minute. You cannot imagine the hate, the raw hate, that Rupert Murdoch feels for Donald Trump. Really? Because... It's, he he wants to, he wants to get his money back. Uh, he backed Trump, and he uh, did everything he could to help Trump. And Trump refused to go along with him, refused to let him control him, refused to let him pull his strings. The puppet escaped, and the puppeteer was left holding the strings, and felt just completely screwed by that. Now. Anybody that knows Donald Trump knows that you can never control him. No. You can never tell him what to do. Definitely not. And if you try, he ends up doing the exact opposite. Mm. And uh, see, back when Trump was a tycoon in New York, Murdoch said he's kind of a fellow tycoon, and you know, it's it's not he's not political, and it's fine. Then when Trump began to run, Murdoch felt not consulted, not asked. And he said, no, this guy never asked me. Uh, He never cleared it with me. And he just went off and ran. And I'm going to support Marco Rubio. And then when Trump pushed Rubio out of the race, saying he was little Marco, uh, (laughs) Murdoch saw that he couldn't do that, so he switched to John Kasich. uh, To the left a little bit, beyond his liking. But what the hell, the alternative was to support Trump, and he wasn't about to do that. Then Trump won the nomination, and Murdoch was stuck. He couldn't support Hillary. He'd lose his audience. He'd lose his credibility. He'd lose his base. 
he had to support Donald Trump. That SOB who betrayed him, who didn't dovened him, who didn't defer to him, now he had to support him. So he this did. Is very interesting, Dick Morris. So, so, so he did through gritted teeth. And then for four years, he kept sending in plays to Donald Trump who kept saying, keep them to yourself, buddy. Oh, Don't. like they're sending into the quarterback? Yeah, right. The guys running in. Yeah, get, <laughs> get, get lost. Right. And, uh, Murdoch had no influence and no power. And he was 90 and, and this was the last chance to have power. So you can imagine the frustration, the angst that he feel, felt. And then when Trump lost, supposedly, in 2020, he was able to close in for the kill. He said, okay, I got this guy in the ropes now. No, I'm just going to absolutely fry him. And when he said he wanted to run again, come back from this, uh, Murdoch said, there is no way in hell I'm letting you do that. So he went to all of his minions, the New York Post, the Wall Street Journal, and Fox News. And he said, about face! And the precision with which they they did that move would have made West Point proud. <laughs> about face! Forward march! One, two, three. And they all fell into step. They, they all fell into step behind him. And they all did exactly what he wanted. And then a funny thing happened. Trump began to win again. His popularity was greater. He became a cinch for the Republican nomination. Well, Murdoch couldn't let that happen. So he did everything he could to jam Trump. He wouldn't put his debates on. He talked about St. DeSantis, the second coming, and he just absolutely would not cotton to Donald Trump. And now it looks like Trump's going to win anyhow. He's going to have the nomination. And you know what? Murdoch will have to support him because he's the Republican candidate. Dick will still... No. Right. So Murdoch said, I am out of here. I am no longer on this reservation. Done. Yeah, I am not going to be a conservative in, this, in my adopted country anymore. I'm going to go with go to the left. And what I'm going to do is one by one get rid of these guys I have here who are right-wingers, who are conservatives. And it's like uh, – it was like the, uh, the the French Revolution. Every hour a new body was hauled up and a new head was chopped off. Oh and we had uh, – we had several before, Bongino and a few others, and now we have Tucker Carlson, and you know who's coming up next uh, – I don't want to say their names, but you know who's coming up next. And they're all going to have their heads chopped off. So then an amazing thing happened. The most amazing thing you can imagine. The audience left. <laughs> the audience just got up and walked out right. and used a channel changer to get rid of Fox News. The impossible happened. The Murdoch Empire collapsed. They said about face and the the anchors did, but the audience didn't. The audience just said, the hell with you, I'm going over to Newsmax. Unbelievable. Now, take that episode and put it next to what happened with Donald Trump. They said, ah, we know that Trump is coming on strong. We know that he's likely to win the nomination. We know that he's running against a bunch of pygmies and they're all afraid to declare. <laughs> but So what we're going to do is we're going to indict him. We're going to fingerprint him, indict him. We're going to try to throw him in jail. Oh, so horrible. And we'll come after him, not just from the New York DA, from the Georgia DA, from the special prosecutor. Uh, we'll throw in a civil uh, lawsuit claiming that he raped somebody. And we're just going to throw the book at this guy. Oh. And the politicians didn't do it. Trump escaped. So... But but we're going to do it. We're the courts. We're the judicial system. And, man, we are going to unload on this guy like you've never seen before. And they did. They did. They indicted him. They arrested him. They fingerprinted him. That's disgusting. They put him up for trial. And uh, and, and they – so they – mission accomplished. Donald Trump is gone. We got rid of him. We finally beat him. I think so. But then a funny thing happened. He gained 15 points in the polls. 
he went from about <laughs> he went he went from about tied with Ron DeSantis to beating him by forty seven well, points. Like I said last week, what doesn't kill him kills him, makes him stronger. Did you catch what I said? Forty seven points. Wow. And against Biden he went on to a lead. It's not clear what it is right now, but it's probably north of six points, which is unbelievable nationally. Uh, you know, in, in the popular vote, if a Republican wins the popular vote by three points, uh, if a Republican loses the popular vote by three points, right. he wins the Electoral College. Really? Because so all the populations in California and New York, right. oh, yeah, yeah, which yeah. are where you can't win the electoral vote twice. So a seven-point lead for oh, Trump means a 10-point victory in the Electoral College. It means he carry everything, yeah, but also means every swing state, every unswing state. But that lead has to be in certain states, though, right? No, and I'm talking national, how the national numbers translate oh. to the Electoral College. So so now we they shot their bolt. With one with one barrel of the shotgun, they shot down Tucker Carlson, and he comes up in ratings. With the other barrel, they shot Donald Trump, and he soars in ratings. And the deep state is now absolutely freaking out because everything they're trying is backfiring. They're probably beating each other up now. So let's hear about backfiring. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture, and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. It's going to backfire. And you have to understand the panic of the deep state that they shot their load, they pushed the button, they launched the rockets, the bomb hit, it exploded, and nothing happened. And they're they're melting right now. I see the picture of that girl screaming after he won. You know that redheaded girl they always show screaming when he won? Ah, I see her. So um, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the other half of the equation, the absolutely beautiful, energetic, strong, dynamic decision of Joe Biden to announce his candidacy by mailing it in. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Can you imagine Joe Biden announcing for president with a videotape from his basement? Another videotape? He ran, he he had his people shoot a 60-second ad and that's what he calls an announcement statement. What's he on an island? No media, no press, uh, no questions, uh, nothing. Uh, no crowd, no excitement. Then he doesn't and have they, to answer any questions. That's and why. they did that because they announced now because they needed to get him fundraising for the entire second quarter. Otherwise, he'll have terrible numbers to report. The second quarter starts tomorrow. Um, and... No, I'm sorry. Second and you would quarter. also have to answer questions. That's I'm sorry. Second quarter started a month ago, 
but they have to get going with it because otherwise they won't have anything to report. And they expected a flood of donations, and they got a small trickle. Uh, in the first quarter, Trump raised $18 million, and I doubt if Biden broke one or two million. Uh, so, so they, they, it's amazing how underwhelming the Biden announcement was. Underwhelming. And he sunk to the lowest point of his presidency. Uh, he's lower now in his approval ratings than he was after the Afghanistan withdrawal, than he was uh, in the middle of COVID, than he was when at any of these junctures, when he was trapped in the uh, transgender controversy, the lowest he's ever been, 37. He had been in the 40s, then the low 40s, sometimes peaking up to 45. Now he's dropped to 37. Wow. Uh, so so it, it's amazing what's happening to him. And uh, his announcement uh, might as well be sent uh, in a bottle uh, <laughs> and tossed into the ocean like Robinson Crusoe. You know, he could have used a carrier pigeon. Yeah, he, I bet he did. They just haven't landed yet. Uh, I good. mean, my God, what a portrait of an inept, oh. weak, impossible president. Basement Joe. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. And for the president to do that when he has all of the fanfare of the office, don't tell me that he can't get 10,000 people in in a auditorium or a right. rally cheering for him. Right. It's that many people working for him on his payroll, <laughs> right, for God's right. sakes. Um, oh just tell God. them all, show up today or don't get paid tomorrow. Listen. And the, cheer loudly. Bottom line is he don't, they don't want him to take any questions because he can't answer anything. Yeah, well, he really can't even talk. That's the problem. Uh, let's go to George in Rockland. Hi, George. Hey, George. Hey. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Okay, so yesterday, uh, Anthony Sweeney's show, as I would say, second week in a row, he claimed that there is a poll uh, which uh, shows Biden uh, ahead of uh, Trump 50 to 29. Uh, he claimed it's based on the aggregate poll. I'm kind of a concern because I like Trump, and I was wondering yeah, no. if you're willing to comment. No, that's, that's wrong. Um, Trump is, uh, there are a bunch of polls in the field right now, including Trump's polling, and I'm waiting for the numbers. We'll have them Monday, but, or Tuesday, but he's at least five ahead, and I suspect he's uh, eight or nine ahead. Uh, and, and as I said, even if he was three behind, that's a tie race in the Electoral College. But we have to be ahead by a lot, because the Democrats are going to try to steal it. And, you know, in polling, we speak of being beyond the margin of error, which means beyond the statistical margin that could be higher or lower than the actual number. Well, in beyond the statistical margin of theft, so that it's too big for anybody to but, steal. Like I said before, the Democrats have that machine. They have this machine. They figured out how to do this and get the yeah, they, idiots to listen. They have, and within two or three or four points, they can do it. But within ten points, nobody's going to do it. They're not going to make it. Uh, I mean, it's it just good. is. You know, there's the there's the line TBTF too big to fail, right? That we say about banks. Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> we have to make it uh, too big not to succeed, and we'll do that with Trump. Uh, so um, so I think that, that the, the surge in Trump's polling, the anger of the Fox News audience in leaving Fox News because of Tucker Carlson, the rebellion against the idea of indicting and prosecuting criminally a former president and current leading presidential candidate uh, because he dealt improperly with a, with a porn star. Uh, is is just outrageous to people. Um, let's go to George in 
No, I'm sorry, we did that. Let's go to uh, Danny in uh, Long, Island. Long Island. Yeah. Hey, Dan. Hey, Danny. Good afternoon, Dick. Another rainy day on Long Island. Uh, pleasure to speak to you. Uh, let me explain. I was with Trump before there was Trump. I was a young cop, and he's, he was a legendary figure in Manhattan. He was always kind to the cops coming out of his building. Uh, he, he always took time to speak to the officers. His mm-hmm. children were respectful to the officers. Everybody around the building knew his name from the, from the window washer to the hot dog man and spoke well, glowingly know, and kindly of the man. I live in Trump Tower in yep. New York. And I am the only New Yorker in the city who likes his landlord. <laughs> so go was on, that Dan. Go. I voted for Trump twice. I believe in Make America Great because certainly no one else is trying to. But we need to. You. I need to fly down to Mar-a-Lago and talk to Mr. Trump and say, Don, please, pal, stop talking, stop criticizing DeSantis. Ignore DeSantis. Ignore him. He's not. He's not going to beat you. You you elevate him by speaking of him and speaking Danny, negatively of Florida. Florida Danny, is the crown jewel. Danny, from the time we started to knock him, he's fallen forty points. You think maybe we're right? Yeah. <laughs> I no, mean, I think Trump. My opinion is that. Yeah, but you know, but but you, but these people are going to vote for Trump anyway. You, we need to have Trump be calmer. Uh, a little bit more. I learned my lesson with the with you know. It, that's what he you needs know, to get the five percent to stay uh, home. No, you know you're, you're wrong, Danny. And uh, Doug, um, my sidekick here, has a great line. Tell him about what you're saying. Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't ask uh, General Patton way back when. Oh, be calm, be nice. Don't 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 yell at the troops. You know what I mean? So you don't ask Trump. Yeah. No, uh, and, and also you can't change Donald Trump. Uh, you know, I used to work for Bill Clinton. He, you could change on a dime. You take a poll and says, you know, we want you to, you know, dye your hair. He would be a different color the next day. <laughs> uh, he, he's, but with Trump, you, you with Trump, you, you can't do that. Uh, and it's great, but he is what he is, what he is. Let's go to Horst in Queens. Hi. Hi. Um, I work in a um, meat plant in New York, and I work with a lot of minorities, and a lot of them support Trump. And since he's coming to New York for these court cases, he should hold some rallies or even a town hall (laughs) showing the citizens of New York what a lousy job the Democrats have done to all the major cities. They're actually destroying the middle class. That message has to get through. And I think he might pick up some support by reaching yeah, out think, to the minority communities he, a little more. He's going to be in New York anyway for a court case, even, so do a even rally. If that, even if that would work, the problem is that he would be accused of tampering with the jury pool. Right. Uh, they damn near imposed a gag order on him, which would have made it impossible for him to campaign. And uh, we don't want to tempt fate by doing that. Plus the logistics but, of him. But nice idea. But the logistics of him going somewhere last minute in New York. Would Let's be go to good. Joe in Long Island. Hey, Joe. Hi, Joe. Okay. Let's go to uh, Larry in Brooklyn. Yes. Hi, Dick. Uh, your, pr- your primary uh, uh, skill, I believe, is in a strategist. Now, let's talk about rehiring in the wake of uh, the firing of Tucker Carlson. You know, Trump... Uh, because of the uh, resurgence of Stormy Daniels and this rape case, he might be suffering, he might be hurting amongst uh, um, housewives, uh, basically, the female audience. And to regain that female audience, I believe WABC Radio has to hire or should very much hire Lydia Cerati back because I could not advocate for women and to, to back conservative causes than Lydia, yeah. either working alone or with somebody else. And I think you should right. use your influence on John to get her back because it, it's very, very necessary. Well, Larry, I, I like Lydia, and that's She's a good thought. Nice. But let's talk about the issue you raised, Trump's attractiveness to women voters. i just uh, been through a series of meetings, and I'm going to talk about it as I learn more about it about the issue of food purity, about the toxins that have been found to be in mother's milk throughout the United States. 
toxins that come from pesticides and overuse of antibiotics. And the pesticides in the grass that the cows eat also gets to the cow, other yeah. than the, the other stuff. Yeah, and, and the waste that comes out, out of it, where the excess pesticides get washed into a ditch, that then gets sprayed back onto the crops. Right, as fertilizer. And, and, they're, and they're eating it. It's a cycle. And uh, the incidence of disease, of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, of leukemia, of breast cancer, of stillbirths, of infertility, of uh, all of that stuff is very much increased because of that. And I think that's one issue. I think the other issue is letting men not compete in women's sports because we fought hard for Title Title IX that makes makes men's and women's sports equal. But by letting men compete in women's sports, you effectively destroy it and you make it all men's sports. And the men now, it's like they dress up so in that disguise you let them into the women's sports. (laughs) But but the point is, they're still men. A lipstick on a pig kind of thing, and it's still a pig. So when we get back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the, uh, about the political situation we face here and what's going on in this country. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. By the way, the call in number for our audience, 800-848-9222. Two two eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. So um, I'm You're interested right. in what Tony has to say about the birth of the Republican Party. Hey, Tony. Tony, what's on your mind? Hi, Dick. So you know, there wasn't a man in my studies. I'm now studying Grant, but in my studies, it talks about a gentleman named Charles Sumner, who was. Um, yeah. He was a Whig, and he was he was of course on the in the Capitol. They were arguing against slavery, and he was by the opposition. He was nearly bludgeoned to death for his views yeah. on his the views Senate floor. On the Senate floor, and something he said, he said, "Out of the chaos of party freedom must arise a new organization." And it just it just sort of instilled in me that. Even we as a conservative Republican group, we must kind of have a new, refreshing feeling about who we are and what we we will not yeah. tolerate and what is right, right and wrong. And to me, I mean, that's President Trump. Yeah, sure is. Sure is. Um, now, President Trump is returning to New York, um, and uh, he's going to be here soon. Uh, because of rape charges against him. Um, a woman who, uh, who had, who, who says she had an encounter with him in the dressing room at Bergdorf Goodman's, uh, 40 years ago, 35 years ago, something like that. Uh, and he says, she says that he backed him in, backed him, backed her into the dressing room and raped her. Now, first of all, 
if you've ever been in Bergdorf Goodman's, even on a bad day, they're crammed with hundreds and thousands of people. So I'm not sure that that's the best place to rape somebody. Uh, and in addition to that, she never reported it to the cops. She never filed a lawsuit on it. She only revealed it in public 10 years later when she wrote a book and got a $70,000 advance for it. And she admits that a leftist has been coaching her in helping her prepare her case. So this is Kavanaugh. This is Clarence Thomas. This is that old act all over again that they use against conservative right-wing men, accusing them of rape and doing it so long after the fact that they can't possibly rebut it. You need a time machine. And that's going to go before a jury. In New York, a jury of our peers, all of whom voted for Joe Biden, all of whom want to get rid of Donald Trump. And while it's not a criminal action, thank God, it is a civil action. And what happens if they come in with a $50 million verdict? You know, they could. Uh, the judge has the option of setting a verdict like that aside. But would he? He's much part of the machine as anybody else. Right. And we can appeal it. But the, the possibility here of a crippling financial verdict uh, on this absolute turkey of a case where the woman has no proof, no simultaneous reporting to the police, no simultaneous medical exam, absolutely nothing except her own word and a gory story. It reminds me a little bit of the denial that, um, that Michael Jackson had to do. How many courtrooms and how much bias does Donald Trump have to cut his way through to be treated fairly like any other American citizen? Impossible. How much? Impossible in New York. Let's go to Andrew in Stanhope, New Jersey. What you need to tell Trump is to go on Charmaine the God and say, it's okay if you don't vote for me, you're still black. (laughs) Like Biden said, you ain't black. What he needs to do is aggressively go after the African-American vote because he now has a record to stand on prison reform, um, which Biden and even Obama said there was a racist element to the prison sentencing. Yet Obama had a two year supermajority and he didn't change it. So point out he just uses words, Obama and Biden, but they don't. And the funding, the platinum plan, the historically black colleges and also school choice. So he, he already has a, Lay, right. you know, a reputation in the black right. community. Now he has a history of good, results and achievements. Go, you know, found it. Let's go to our friend Judith here in Brooklyn. Hello, Hi, Judith. <laughs> Hi, guys. How are you? Um, are you listen. Um, what are you laughing? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> don't ask me. It's okay. I don't want to waste time. Listen, um, Harry Lake. She was a guest host uh, this Friday with Rudy Giuliani, and she said a lot of stuff. And she's a straight shooter, and I like her. And there's one thing that jumped out at me, and I want to uh, share it with you, and then I, a- I want to ask you a question, Dick. She said, you know, she she has always been a career media person, okay? And she says that she knows how the media tried to create a false negative image of Donald Trump making him out to be a horrible person. But actually, she said, basically, he's a very nice person, very likable, and that's the media trying to create all this, and a lot of people have bought into all this lies and stuff. So moving on, Dick, let me ask you a question, and especially I recalled about the woman factor. Um, how would you feel uh, strategically and polls and whatever if uh, Donald Trump would pick Carrie Lake as a yeah. woman for his VP, what do you think? Great. I, I like the idea very much. In it's fact, um, I think I'm going to be working for Carrie Lake in her race now for Senate in Arizona. 
she was completely uh, she was cheated out of the governor's race uh, in the most obvious, outrageous fashion. Uh, but now Kristen Cinema, the Democratic senator turned independent, has to run for another term, and the Democrats are putting up a candidate. Cinema is running, and Carrie Lake will be the Republican candidate. And she only needs about 40% of the vote to win a three-way race, and that she can get easily. And again, I think that she has a chance here to win, a very good chance to win, because TBTS, too big to steal. (laughs) That's where the margins have to be, TBTS, and I think she's going to pass that threshold. Let's go to um, uh, Tom in the in Bronx. Hey, Tom. Hi, Tom. Okay, let's go to uh, Al in Yonkers. Hey, Al. Good afternoon, uh, Dick and Doug. I just wanted to say, if you agree, you know, President Biden is so unpopular that his numbers are free falling. Uh, that's why he's being challenged within. I'd say he's more unpopular than even Jimmy Carter in 80, who was challenged by Ted oh, Kennedy. Oh, yes, he is. And then, he, he and is. then Ford in 76, when he was challenged yeah. uh, by a well, formidable I'll, I'll Ronald. save the comparisons for you. Biden is the least popular incumbent Democratic president to, to run for re-election in history. In history. In ever. history. Ever. Uh, well, I'm sorry. No, to run for re-election, Yeah. The other guys didn't run again. The the useful idiot. Yeah. So you were saying about RFK. Yeah, RFK is challenging him. And then, you know, know, which he's already at like 20%. So it just shows that he's very uh, vulnerable, Joe Biden. Well, the stats now are that Biden is is at 70% of the vote in a field against Bobby Bobby Kennedy and um, uh, Marianne Williamson. But uh, I think you're going to see that change and change significantly. I believe that the next poll a month from now is going to show Biden down in the 60s or 50s and Bobby Kennedy up in the 30s or 40s. And I think that's going to increasingly become a real election. The Democrats are trying to stop it from becoming an election by refusing to let them debate and never talking about Bobby Kennedy, but I don't think they're going to succeed at that. I think the sleeper and the surprise of the year is going to be how well Bobby Kennedy does, and I think it'll knock Biden out of the race. Dick, I know the answer to this, but please talk about that, that why the DNC won't, does not want Biden to go into a debate. Well, would you? No. I mean, I mean for God's sakes, if you're handling the Biden campaign, what are you going to do? Artificial resuscitation? Uh, I mean, there aren't enough upper, there aren't enough uppers in the world. Because, because Democrats will put up with anything. Uh, they'll be in, in order to protect their party against this looming menace and of Donald Trump. And they're not embarrassed Trump. at all by it. Like embarrassed? They, no. Know, really. Embarrassment is not high on the list of things that they're afflicted with. Right. Yeah. I have to ask you. So when we get back, I'm going to want to talk about one of the most positive and responsible things I've seen any congressional party do in the last 10 years, and I'm talking about the Republican plan to avert default and to cut the budget. And come with me through the details because you can see just how good a plan it is and how it mousetraps Biden, and he's going to have to go along with it. It really is a brilliant move. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump. And now, he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC.
Good for you, Kevin McCarthy, and good for you, the Republicans in Congress. It's no easy matter to pass comprehensive fiscal plan for the country and raise the debt limit to avert default and get cuts in the federal budget so that it's, so that it's a positive experience and get that to pass. McCarthy passed it by two votes in the House. And, uh, it's an act of great skill, perseverance, and, and very judicious, uh, legislating. But let's go through what the bill does, because this is a fabulous, fabulous bill. First of all, it lifts the federal borrowing limit by one and a half trillion dollars, or through March 31st, whichever comes first. Uh, which is good. It doesn't just limit, doesn't just get rid of the debt limit. You have to come back to Congress. You have to ask again, and it has to be soon. Do you mean May 21st, not March? March, March 31st, 2024. Oh, okay. Um, then it cuts federal discretionary spending back to what it was last year. In other words, the, as I've said, there are three components to the federal budget. There are entitlements like Social Security that don't go through Congress. They just automatically are paid out. Mm -hmm. Then there is the defense budget, which is uh, legislated by Congress each year and uh, and is its own beast, about uh, $800 billion. Then there's a pot of money of about $800 million, $800 billion or a trillion that is used for non-defense discretionary spending. NDD. Discretionary. Non-defense discretionary. And that's where all the stuff is, where all the pork is. Uh, it's not Medicare, it's not Medicaid, it's not uh, veteran, veterans' benefits, it's not Social Security, it's paying the Census Bureau, paying the Department of Education, uh, paying the Interior Department, paying the EPA inspectors. It's all of the pork that's in the government. And that has grown by 36% under Biden. Wow. And that's what you need to capture. That's what you need to stop. So what they do is they roll it back to the level last year of 2022, which is a saving, which is a cutback of about 10 to 12%. And then they impose a 1% growth cap on it. It can only go up by 1% of GDP every year, which sets them on a diet, a limited diet of, 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 of no desserts, no bread, <laughs> no drinking. No carbs. No carbs. No 1% growth. Yeah. Normally it's been running at about 5% growth. So rather than just be rhetorically uh, set out good rhetoric and say, oh, we're slashing the budget, they don't. They restore it to its previous level. They say you lived with this last year. Why don't you live with it this year? Mm -hmm. And I'll still give you 1% more to grow each year. And then it would take all that money that was allocated for COVID that's kicking around, hasn't been spent in the federal budget because they appropriated wildly. They just went insane in what they appropriated. And it takes all of that and it says this is now unappropriated and claws it back and stops them from screwing with it, stops it from doing it. It kills Biden's student loan cancellation plan. It kills his plan to expand the IRS by 86,000 agents. It requires that all able-bodied adult recipients on federal programs like Medicaid have a work requirement in order to get the benefits, and welfare have to do it. The, the bill that I worked on with Bill Clinton, and which passed back then, but it's been overtaken by Biden's policies. This is a fantastic bill. It cuts about $5 trillion from the federal, uh, the, the expected federal debt. Trillion with a T. With a T. Wow. And it, it, and it limits the future growth. It puts it in a really good context. So here's what's going on. The debt limit increase is to some extent a phony issue, as I've said, uh, because the debt, the, the amount we need to borrow every year to pay for the debt limit 
is a small amount compared to the amount we need to borrow every year to have the government continue to function. But we, but 80% of the money we use for the government to function comes not from debt, but from tax receipts, money that we actually pay. And that continues to flow whether we're hitting the debt limit or not, because it's not borrowed money, it's tax money. So if we wanted to, what we could do is use that 80% to pay the 20% and we never have to borrow a dime. Mm. But the cuts would be horrific, they would be very big, and they, they really would cut into important programs, probably including Social Security and no, Medicare. So they're not going to do that. So Biden said we have to raise the debt limit because otherwise we're going to default. That's And the default is going to be catastrophic. It's going to destroy the credit of the United States. It's going to undermine the global financial system. Everything's going to collapse. It's going to be an earthquake and a tsunami rolled into one. Mm. So the Republicans said, okay, I don't think that's true, but we'll take you at your word. And we are going to pass now a program that raises the debt limit and cuts your spending back. It's just like you go into a bank and you say, I need more loan. And the banker says, okay, we'll lend you more money, but you're going to have to make these changes and cut back your spending so you're not coming back each year. Sure. And, and it makes, your belt. makes complete sense. Mm-hmm. And they, proposed, they didn't just propose this. They passed it in the House. They rounded up the votes and they passed it. And now they're coming to Biden and they're saying, okay, this is our solution. This is what we want you to do. And he's saying, I will not negotiate. And what he means by that is I won't negotiate raising the debt limit. We have to raise the debt limit for our country's sake. Well, yeah, we all agree with that, Joe. But in order to raise the debt limit, we want a cut in spending. We don't want to just give you more of a blank check. You you borrow more. We want you to spend less. And we want you to do both things. You can borrow more, but you have to cut back the spending. And Biden is saying, well, I'll allow you to allow me to borrow more, but I won't allow you to make me cut spending. And rather than come up with his own plan, with his own alternative, he's taking a hard line and saying, I'm not not going to negotiate. And the reason is because his stuff is so filled with pork, so filled with absolute crap, that he doesn't want to have to revisit it piece by piece in negotiations. He's got his payoffs, right? All those people is, uh, that helped him get in, he's, he's still paying people? Well, he's still paying them off. But uh, it's, this takes all of the money from his climate change package, his fight inflation package, his student loan package, all of the various spending bills he happily jammed through with his compliant rubber stamp Congress right. when the Democrats controlled both houses. Mm-hmm. And it basically rolls them back. It basically repeals the last two years, uh, three years, and it says, start over again, guy. And none of this is going to last. And those, that's the spending that caused the debt limit to fill up in but the first place. This stuff? Yes, but oh, then he yeah. faces a default. He could veto it all he likes, but then the government closes down, which is minor, but we stop paying our debt, and the world goes completely crazy, goes bounces on its head. Well, if he did, he would be condemned all over the place, because the Republicans now have the high ground. He can't say it's me or or disaster. Uh, He can't say to them, you either do it my way, or you're totally irresponsible, and you're completely screwing up the country. The Republicans put forth a very good plan now, and Biden can negotiate on it, take it or leave it. But if he leaves it, he's got to put something in its place. And simply saying, I won't won't let you cut spending, I won't let you decrease uh, uh, the amount you're laying out, Uh, I'll only sign it if it it lets me borrow more and more and more money. It's my ball, and I'll play the way I want to play. Yeah, and that is a horrible thing to be on. It's a horrible way to go to the country. So I hope you support this bill. It's a wonderful bill. Let's go to Nick in Queens before we get off. Hi, Nick. Uh, Hi, Nick. Hi. Uh, You know, Dick, I'm kind of worried about uh, just one thing here. 
if Murdoch sells this whole enterprise of his news corporation, I mean, even though he has had people walk away, we still will lose a lot of exposure. I mean, what are the, what do we have left? Just Newsmax? Newsmax, sure. Newsmax. Yeah, and, and basically Murdoch is going to, if Murdoch sells it, he's going to sell an empty building. Every real estate mogul will tell you that it's pretty easy to sell a building that doesn't have any tenants in it. But if it's filled with tenants who hate the landlord and can't wait to get back and have their their stuff fixed, uh, you can't do that. And the left isn't going to buy Fox News with Hannity and Laura Ingram and those people on the payroll. So he's going to ax them and then sell it. And then it's not like he's selling anything. He's selling an empty shell. He's selling a carbon copy of MSNBC and CNN. We already have one of those, two of those. Five of those, counting the news networks. Yeah, but the useful idiots will buy it. Some, some moron. Well, there'll be somebody who'll buy it, uh, who likes to go broke. But um, <laughs> that just wants. The... Yeah, but but it's not going to cut into the conservative coverage. No. You you got to accept that Murdoch is changing Fox News, mm-hmm. and we're going to lose it one way or the other. And thank God we have an alternative, Newsmax. Thank goodness we can get the truth still. Uh, from Newsmax because and this radio station and this this program we're doing right now yeah absolutely and Dick talk Morris. radio thank and God we have Dick Morris all of that stuff so um, you have to see Dick Morris when he prepares first of all he doesn't even pre- prepare for these shows he just has it in his head but the other day the, the Cheryl came to Dick Morris with this idea with with this whole thing about um, really? the, the the food thing within. Two hours, he wrote a dissertation on the whole thing, like he was an expert. It was amazing, his brain, the way it works. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm ranting. Goodbye. Oh, thank you. you can rant about me all <laughs> you want. You, sure. I give you permission to rant. No, he really is amazing. It's, you know, all right, we got to go. All right, forget it. What, what did they call you, the amazing one? <laughs> I don't know. That was a name somebody gave you a couple of months ago. It was great. Lethal. Not your excellency, your... Oh, your, um, yeah, your something or other. Something like yeah. that. Judy, right. tell us. Yeah. All right. Okay, guys, so right. see you next week. Thanks for watching. Let's come together. Now's our time to shine. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024.